recording. We are. Oh my goodness. Hooray. What is this? What is it? What? Welcome. Welcome. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to episode two of season two of Cinepraisal. Because we arbitrarily decided that last recording. <laughs> Here we are. We're in season two of this. Because why the fuck not? Of this gosh forsaken podcast. Uh, so I'd like to, I have a, I have a thing I'd like to do before we start. Oh? If we might. <laughs> should, should I be prepared for this? You should. It also might clash with the music you're hearing in your headphones, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. All right. Who's breaking into a Peruvian temple, stealing all the artifacts he sees? Who's running away from a big boulder? Everyone knows it's Indy. What is happening? <laughs> like, well done. But also, what? Not a biggest association, the association fan <laughs> growing up. <laughs> You ever hear that song? No, I'm talking about is it? oh, it's windy. I know the I know the melody. Go go look it up, you kids. It was <laughs> I. You know, okay, I have a story behind that, which is that uh, I was going through a stack of papers this last week that has just a bunch of notes for songwriting and random things, and I'll just jot down stupid ideas. And amongst all of those papers, I had written that stupid little song parody. <laughs> for Indiana Jones and it just happened to be that we were doing this uh movie this week so I well, wanted I wanted to I will call that fortuitous because <laughs> I have literally no other idea what to call it um but also, if you couldn't guess what uh, are we're watching yes we are watching Raiders of the Lost Ark which is not something we're doing for the second time because the last one was terrible <laughs> Uh, not at all. That's not a thing we do because we here at Cinepraisal are consummate professionals. We get it right the first time. Neither rain nor sleet nor snow nor post-masquerade ball depression. <laughs> do you, you want to talk about that now or during the movie? I mean, yeah, I mean, we can knock it out of the way first. Um, sure. Yeah, no, dear humble listeners, I appreciate you so much. I am not doing great at the moment. I'm not, you know, it's not the worst, but I have depression, as I'm sure some of you do, because it's one of those things I feel like gradually we're learning more and more people in the world have it, and especially during the pandemic, but I, I had it before it was cool. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, but like I went to the Labyrinth of Jareth masquerade ball with uh, my new girlfriend, Emily, and had a lot of fun. And, you know, I had been looking forward to it and planning for it for so long, and now here we are where it's done, and it's just like, uh, oh, well, that happened. Hmm. Uh, you know, on top of just, like, general brain chemical bullshit. But the point is, regardless, I am here because the public bless em <laughs> must have another film commentary from us. <laughs> What are what it's are our, what are our humble film nerds going to do without their <laughs> film nerd friends? Because that's who we are. That's what we do. It's I true. am rambling. <laughs> we will show up, rain or shine, or I, or Nazi invasion. And we will, I will be here. I will say the only reason why you're not hearing uh, the sound of ice clinking in a glass is because Dax likes to take his time in setting up. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I'm, I'm here. I will sip this ice melted into, into drink, drink. It's scotch, and the ice is supposed to melt into it. It act, you, you know, it, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Pearls before swine. Um, hey. <laughs> Hey, look, uh, we're not here for swine. But yeah, I mean, all of that is to say, let's watch fucking Raiders, man. Because honestly, very few movies are as good at getting me out of this particular mode as Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's, lo- you know what? Let's do it. All right. Let's let's begin this uh, crusade. Oh, wait. It's uh it's not that's, for a few films. No, not so much. <laughs> uh, and also, um, we we're watching this on uh, because we're old. We're <laughs> we're watching this on the DVD box set that came out when we were in high school. <laughs> in glorious 480p. It's it's looking ever so slightly blurry on my HD TV, and I love it. This is that old H, uh, not HD DVD experience. All right, do you want to do the countdown this time since I screwed it up last time? I mean, I don't know. At this point, like, does anyone really listen to us <laughs> talk about movies anymore? Or is it just, are they just here for us? They can Which be is here for say, both. Nevertheless, give them the sync point. Three, two, one, play. Oh, there's a DVD intro. Oh no! Uh, uh, oh, yeah, we, okay. we we will keep you posted. Now it's black. All right, now now it's on. Okay, PG. PG parental guidance suggested. <laughs> so you'll have to track down a copy of the old DVD <laughs> in order to be perfectly synced. I mean, they'll figure it that out. That was a long PG. Okay, let's. Oh no! Is there more? Let's, let's see, see it, it in, in THX. <laughs> Okay, there's a long THX intro as well, Lucasfilm. All right, all right, we're we're, we're almost there, fellow listeners. <laughs> and and now a Paramount it's... picture. Okay, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a Gulf Western Company. I can confidently say that this is the proper beginning. <laughs> that is such a good transition. Oh, it's great. It's fabulous. That uh, it, Spielberg <sighs> talks about the fact that like they tried to tell him they didn't have time for this. And he's like, no, 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 we're getting this. <laughs> he's like, we are going to find a mountain and we are doing this. <laughs> that looks exactly like it. It's impressive that they did like just the right shape. I wonder what mountain that is. I wonder if there is a name for it. I'm sure there is. I think the actual mountain... Uh, so the original Paramount Mountain was based on an actual mountain in the uh, hometown of the founder of the studio who I can't name off the top of my head and my dad would give me shit for. But <laughs> uh, over the years, they've changed the uh, they've changed what the mountain looks like. And I believe the current one is actually a real mountain in Argentina. Hmm. Do we have to pay Argentina royalties? I mean, probably. <laughs> Yay, John, John Williams. Williams. Executive producer George Lucas and Howard Kazanjian. Kazanjian. Oh, my goodness. If you've never been hiking through a rainforest with porters, it's not unlike this. <laughs> uh, it's 
what is there even to say about the about Alfred Molino and brownface? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. What is there to say about this? It's his first uh, first theatrical debut, I think. I, I think this is yeah. I'm pretty sure this is his first movie. Different times. So, Harrison Ford, you know him, you kind of love him, depending on the context, <laughs> but Harrison Ford, the aviator? <laughs> but, but I would say confidently that this is his most iconic role of anything he's done. I mean, I... I think more than Han Solo. What do you think? I prefer this to Han Solo because, you know, I'm going to throw this out here. It is a controversial opinion. Han Solo is a dick. <laughs> I don't like him. He really I is. would not want to hang out with him. He seems like an asshole. <laughs> However, Indiana Jones, guy's cool as shit. He's a college professor who, like, you know steals artifacts in the name of uh, imperialism, I guess. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> so, you know, I guess when you say it out loud, it's less cool. But... In the, in, in the sake of preserving history, he wants people to see it. Preserving history by stealing it from its, its current location. Exactly. Um, what other way is there? I'm not going to go super hard on this point, but I will say... Uh, Check out the Raiders episode of Your Fave is Problematic, hosted by friends of ours, Kristen and Liz. Um, I actually was at Labyrinth of Jareth with Liz in addition to my girlfriend. But yeah, so anyway, they did a great breakdown of this as like people that like, yeah, they've seen Indiana Jones. They don't necessarily know it inside and out the way that we might. But, you know, just as casual uh, casual observers it's like there's a lot of fucked up shit here <laughs> and that is not what we will be talking about today no <laughs> because this is a podcast where we share love and also share the you know name of podcasts that will tell you all the things that you know i mean the show's called your fave is problematic it's it's in the title go listen to those yeah to those pods if you want the gritty underbelly and and depressing reality of everything i mean it's 100 honestly though their podcast is great it's 100 <laughs> worth your time anyway yeah like that and real quick we got our first glimpse of the boulder mm. um what about spiders? fun story about these tarantulas they're all male oh. and th uh, you know spielberg was complaining that they weren't moving around enough and they all looked fake and so the spider wrangler <laughs> oh no yeah the spider wrangler walked up and he's like i have an idea and he put a female on Alfred Molina's back, Oof. and all the males just started losing their shit and crawling all over him. Oh so. no! <laughs> uh, also, when he dusts or like you know brushes the tarantulas off, one of them fell and died. Uh, yeah, I was wondering about that, like watching because they are kind of brittle. Well, and it's why this movie doesn't have the "no animals were harmed in the making of this motion picture." Hmm. Now those tarantulas would be CG. Forrestal. Well, I'll drink to the one tarantula. 
that lost. Not to Forrestal? No, no, no. Just to the tarantula. I mean, he was probably an asshole, too. Mm. <laughs> Man, the roles are switched. I'm I'm the one trying to be uh, optimistic about all these... <laughs> about all these things. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to keep it upbeat here. Well, Look. you know, you, you do that. I appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you. I'll... I'll be over here just just muddling along. <laughs> my uh my buddy Matt, uh I was we, we I brought this up before uh we start recording, but uh my buddy Matt Dunford, uh who lives in San Diego, uh one of my best best friends. Um I believe it's pronounced San Diego. San Diego. I believe it means, it's pronounced uh, a whale's, whale's vagina. vagina. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. That's I'm sure every San Diegan has not heard that joke ad nauseum for at least a decade. When did Anchorman come out? I God, was, I think, yeah, I think I was in high school. <laughs> so, you know, that's closer to 20 years than it isn't. <laughs> at least a decade. Still still is technically correct. Um, but, no, but I have frequently gone to Comic-Con in San Diego when it exists, um, which it hasn't really for two years now. Um, but I, whenever I'd go there, um, usually I would hang or stay with Matt. And um, afterwards, he would always get what he calls post-con depression, where it's uh, this kind of sinking feeling where it's like, oh, we did all this stuff, but now it's, it's done. Yeah. And you just kind of feel a little sad, a little yeah. sad that it's behind you. And here we have one of the... Most iconic scenes in cinema history. Yeah. It's probably the most in this entire film, I would say. And that maybe also there's no way in hell that a leather sack full of sand is going to equal the weight of a gold statue. It's heavy sand. It's special science sand. <laughs> is that the coarse grade that you use to rub into the face of your valet? <laughs> I believe it's called valet. Um, no. <laughs> uh, a valet parks your car. Ah, <laughs> uh, I wish I could watch the scene without knowing what was going to happen. Everything? Everything. Well, like, the beauty of this whole opening, and what, because this isn't just an intro to this movie, this is an intro to the character that you're going to follow for at least three movies. No fourth movie. At least three movies. Yeah, I mean, um, you can skip Temple of Doom. <laughs> okay, at least two movies. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Extremely can... <laughs> controversial opinion. <laughs> I've I've gotten into shit. It, like I was at a I was at a uh, a triple feature at the Egyptian theater mm -hmm. of you know Raiders, Temple, and Crusade, and like I got up to get snacks after Raiders. And the dudes in line were just so pissy because Temple was about to start. And I'm just like, dudes, calm down. It's the worst one of the series. <laughs> and they were like, what did you say? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, like, for all of its issues, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is still a fucking movie. You know, I might be there. I might be with you on that. I really also quite dislike Temple of Doom. Yeah, I'm I not saying that Kingdom's anywhere near as good as this or Crusade. Never, never. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, this and Crusade are battling it out at the top, 
meanwhile, like 37 stories down, you've got Kingdom <laughs> holding Temple's face in the mud. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. There's there's merit to things in in uh, Kingdom. I will I will grant that uh, there are moments that I smile in that movie. Yeah, I don't really smile in uh, in Temple of Doom. Sans maybe short round. I so Belloc is a character I've always found interesting, and I kind of wish we got more of him. The Elvish word for friend. Yes, the Elvish word for friend. Thank you for stealing my joke from earlier. <laughs> this is actually this is a callback to a joke that Adam made before we started recording. Thank you. Thank you. But anyway, no. Um, I I read all of the you know again like. Back in the day in college, I was a hard, hardcore Indiana Jones fan. Like, I've, I've always loved the character, and I still do. But back then, I had watched uh, all of Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, which I own on DVD. Nice. Uh, I've read all of the comics that Dark Horse put out. Wow. Uh, still working on reading the ones that Marvel put out. Um, and played the video games. And read all of the novels that take place between Young Indiana Jones Chronicles and Temple. Oh my god! And Belloc shows up a good amount in those, just enough to like establish their rivalry. But still, it's like he's a far more interesting character than we ever really get to play with. Mm. I can see that. I can see that. There's a lot to expand on him. I mean, at the end of the day, he's a French Nazi sympathizer, which you know. There's a lot you can talk about there. Details. Uh, you know, the, details. the Vichy. Whatever. No, it's cool. I love this. I love this. It's like... <laughs> that, that moment is so great. <laughs> when he's debating whether or not to like, right. just throw the rod. Yeah. It's like, ah, uh, is there time? Is there... <laughs> Do I have them? Do I have enough time? <laughs> I think we've all been there. I, I really enjoy that the Indiana Jones themed restaurant at Disney is uh, Jock's Place. This <laughs> character who is in one scene of one movie <laughs> and they, you know, gave him a tailspin style bar. And <laughs> while I've never been, I'm just very appreciative that it exists. Well, he's got a tailspin style plane right there. Tailspin. Um so in all the comics you read, did you read the one that was the crossover between, uh, like crossover in quotes between uh, Indiana Jones and Star Wars? No, I didn't want to. Like I'm, I'm aware that it exists. I'm aware that it's Indian short round. Find the Crash Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Like I don't need that in my life. <laughs> also, I, it's like okay, <laughs> you kind of like got it. Yeah. No. Like. <laughs> I also don't need that as a comic. Like, you can tell me that in a sentence, and I'll be like, oh, all right. Just did. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Just did. Like, I don't know. I, I get people who, if that's your thing, go nuts. Have fun. Live your truth. It's just not my thing. I, I'm a canon junkie. I'm mm -hmm. somebody who wants to know my characters inside and out as much as possible. And stuff like that is just kind of like... Yeah, this clearly isn't canon. This has nothing to do with anything. This is just somebody having fun. Right. Which, there's nothing wrong with having fun. So, this is... This is the other side of Indy that we get. He's the adventurer, but he's also the professor. He's the intellectual. Who gets hit on by his students. 
Sting, Sting will have something to say about this. <laughs> How does he see that? It's like... <laughs> That's that. It'd be hard to read from that distance. <laughs> the bigger question is, did she do it in a mirror or did she have a friend do it? <laughs> yeah, you'd have to write it in reverse. Yeah. And it took you the whole class to notice that, good sir. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she was just sitting there blinking the entire time. <laughs> you know, like a human. <laughs> Although there's like no, there's no guys. There's like two guys. There they are. <laughs> and there they go. He leaves the apple. I love that. I'm just thinking how unsettling it would be if she was sitting there, like, winking the entire time. Right. But, like, instead of blinking, like, her eyes just off sequence. <laughs> uh, so. Which, like, okay, even this right here, like, love Marcus to death. He represents the museum. Uh, at this point, he's not part of the school, but he represents the museum that Indy finds shit for. And what he just said is just glossing over. He's like, yes, yes, I'm sure whatever you do, you know, goes along with the international treaties on relic. Um, like, <laughs> on obtaining relics. Right. It's like, yeah, you don't want to know. <laughs> you genuinely don't care. How many natives did you kill? I don't need to know that. This is a very pretty artifact. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm sure the British Museum will love this. Uh what a lovely school. I'm getting topical over here. <laughs> what school is this? Looks like a church that uh, they're in or something. Doesn't it? So I forget if he, he might be at Harvard at this point. I know by kingdom he's at Marshall College. Uh, but yeah, he moves from Princeton to Harvard. I can't remember if he was teaching at Yale at any point. Men look good in suits. Let's bring suits back. <laughs> let's let's have more of that. Agreed. <laughs> and he goes, Harrison Ford cleans up very nice. Like, I know throughout most of this movie, he's, you know, gruffy looking because he's punching Nazis. But like in this small part of the film where he is dressed as a professor, he does look very handsome and very uh, professional. Well, I think that's going to go ahead and lead us to uh, we're going to need to have some sort of poll. Uh, ladies, ladies, gentlemen, and you know anyone in between, let us know. Do you think Harrison Ford is more attractive in his professor attire or when he's beating the shit out of Nazis? I know where my heart lies. <laughs> I just said handsome. I didn't say attractive. Those are two different descriptors. <laughs> OK, all right. It's, I, a, it's OK, Dax. I just mean his face being nicely clean. He's got those big glasses on. He's got a good haircut. And how's that make you feel? It makes me feel safe. Ah. <laughs> 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 <sighs> Safe and cared for. <laughs> the way uh, any woman so, would want so to So this, uh, yes, go on. This government agent on the right hand side, the the mm -hmm. larger man, uh, you might recognize him as Porkins from A New Hope. Oh, another Star Wars connection. All up in the Star Wars. <laughs> uh, R.I.P. Porkins. R.I.P. I. Is the actor still alive? <laughs> I don't know. 
Probably not, right? You come to us for the facts. That's why you're here. We could look it up, but I prefer to leave that one as a mystery in the stars. Well, I, I mean, you know, again, our whole thing is that we're the film nerds friends for people who don't have film nerd friends. If you're sitting at home watching a movie with your friends, you're looking shit up too. So, you know, help, help us out. <laughs> and yell. We won't hear you, but the world... The world will hear you in and honestly, some distant way. Honestly, in this day and age, sometimes it's just nice to yell. <laughs> you don't even need to look it up. Just <clears throat> yell. Just yell. I know I want to Scre- sometimes. Scream out your truth. <laughs> this is going to be a very special episode. <laughs> Whew. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I'm having fun. I am as well. This is uh, this is good. It's been a year. It has been a year <laughs> and a half, or however long. It's been a decade, if I'm being honest. But it's. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> After a year like we've had, I'm really looking forward to watching some Nazis get the shit kicked out of them. <laughs> After this, we'll be watching Captain America. Uh, no, uh, I would. I would love if that was the next one we did. Honestly, <laughs> we could. We could. We could. We haven't done a Marvel film, have we? We haven't. And honestly, that's where we should start chronologically. That yeah. would be the proper beginning. Or is there some other thing that I'm not accounting for that technically happens before Captain America? I mean, the Eternals. The well, yes, the Eternals. Okay, fine. But also that's happening before and after. <laughs> and you also have to account for the opening sequence of Thor. Okay. And the opening sequence of Thor The Dark World. So, we'll, so the point is... So we'll watch we'll the just, opening sequence no, no, of we'll, Thor. We'll watch Captain America, <laughs> and then we'll move on. Also, real quick, I love how they were... As soon as they open that book, it's on that page. Yeah. Like there is no paging through. They just open this giant fucking tome. The thing is, the thing has metal belts on it. That's how you know a book is serious. All right, Cinema Sins. Okay, fine. <laughs> Calm down. I'm just saying. When when you see a when you see a book that has metal bands on it, you know it's not Charlotte's Web. <laughs> Some movie, some movie we're watching here. Terrific is what I would call this film. You know, I've never actually read Charlotte's Web. (laughs) All I know is that she dies at the end, and I can only hope that it's from (laughs) angels flying out of the ark and melting her face. (laughs) Yes, that sounds about right. Some pig. (laughs) (laughs) You've been my friend, Wilbur. (laughs) That in and of itself is a tremendous... (laughs) 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 Angels everywhere. (laughs) So I I appreciate this. This is a great, uh, you know, in screenwriting hero's journey terms, this is a great meeting with the mentor. Mm -hmm. Like... That's what Marcus is for, really, broadly. Like, he is the mentor character who gets our hero over the first threshold, or at least approaching the first threshold. And what I appreciate about this is that Marcus gets it. Like, he gets the fact that the Ark is... You're not just going after, like, a cup or a bowl or a burial shroud. 
this is the Ark of the Covenant. It is, you know, as Belloc says later, it's a radio for speaking to God. Even if you don't believe in the mysticism, like this is one of the most important artifacts in the history of humanity. And Indy's just like, yeah, no, cool. Now I'll go get it. <laughs> cool story, bro. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> well, but the cool thing that this movie does, and it pulls it off in a way that not many can, and also because it is the first one, so there isn't precedence of this yet in the series, where you're not... There, nothing supernatural happens until the arc is opened. Right. Right? Right. Nothing extraordinary outside the realm of reality ever kind of occurs. So it's almost like up to that point, it, you can be dismissive of it. You can be like, yeah, it's just superstition and, you know, whatever. So it's it's interesting that it, it gives you it gives you space to see it either way. And then and then when it does, it isn't really jarring. Yeah. And it it's not jarring in a way where you feel like the movie has lied to you and changed its genre. Um the prestige. <clears throat> but it 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 does it more successfully like World's End. Um at World's End where it, it kind of is like it wait like that movie though it waits all, almost too long and then all of a sudden JK it's a sci-fi. But Yeah, it kicks in at the at the top of the second act. And it's but there's ways to do it and this one does wait till the end but it pulls it off. Well, and I find that interesting. So, I mean, this this kind of brings me to uh, the reason why we decided to do King Kong and uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark yes. is in prep for the release uh, or the uh, launch of my Kickstarter for my book. And I bring this up not because I want you to buy my book, which, yes, I do. Please buy it. But, <laughs> um, and, the, you know, back the Kickstarter if you can. Appreciate it. Anyway, point is... The one major critique that I've gotten about my book mm. is the supernatural turn in the third act. Really? And it's like, I'm, it's an, I've described it as like an old fashioned two fisted adventure novel. It's Indiana Jones meets Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. And it's like, even when you tell people that, they don't seem to expect there to be a supernatural turn in the third act, which is like, to me, the definition of that. Yeah, well, that begs the question, why is it so accepted in this movie? My theory, um, and I've had this conversation a few times, my theory is that because you're watching a period piece, you're already disconnected from it mm. enough that when it happens, you know, it's it may as well because you're already watching a stage play. You're already watching something you know isn't real. Hmm, that can be it. It's already removed a little bit from you. Right. That's, you know, I I can think of instances where, okay, let's take uh, Neil Gaiman, for for instance, here. Neil Gaiman will write stories where they're ghost stories, but they're happening in often in modern settings. And I always remember, like, when I'm reading some of them, where he'll be talking about computers and phones, but then there'll still be, like, ghosts and spirits and there is something a little weird sometimes about that juxtaposition of like super current technology with these ancient beings and deities. And I think he makes it work. Well, but it is for a moment, it kind of makes you feel a little odd to go into kind of what you're saying that if it's a period piece, you're a little more willing to accept when that stuff occurs. Well, I feel like honestly, you know what I think it is, is that there's 
it's like when you watch a TV show from the 90s mm-hmm. or like the early 2000s and it's like it's so close to you but so off at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think what you're running into is a sort of like chronological uncanny valley. Mm. Like it's so close to your time but it's not your time. Interesting. Yeah. I think you're onto something there. Thanks. We've passed at the moment, but I just wanted to say that uh, there's a very satisfying punch that she lands on him. Yeah, on and it was real, too. She <laughs> clocked him. In in the actual shot? That, yeah. That, that's pretty great, but also, sorry, Harrison Ford. But hey. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, with the, the fight with Pris in uh, Blade Runner, mm. he told her, go all in, don't worry about hurting me. And, like, you see when she's, like, picking him up by his nostrils in that fight. And Harrison Ford's like, yeah, no, let's do it. Go nuts. It looks so painful, too. It looks so painful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, keep forgetting we've talked about Mr. Ford already a bit on on prior episode uh, just on blade runner did we talk about him on another one i can't remember i i think it's just been blade runner it's just so been far. blade runner so far we won't ever get to stir wars <laughs> i mean I, at this point i feel like we're avoiding it <laughs> when will we do stir wars well, well i i don't know i feel like if anything i should just make that its own separate podcast <laughs> because like i want to do i want to take people on the chronological journey hmm which, uh, oh, I'm going to be on um, Everything But the Book, Stephen Ray Morris' Stephen Star Wars Ray podcast. Morris. So, yeah, I'll be doing that coming up soon. But uh, with him, I'm doing uh, Dooku Jedi Lost, the audio drama about uh, Count Dooku leaving the Order. Very nice. Like, all the way from his rise as a Padawan to him leaving the Order. And it's like, that's the thing, is I want to do a podcast that, like, leads you through the whole thing chronologically. A quick aside, I really enjoyed that shot there where the shadow fell on Indy's face and all you could see was his eye when he was in the doorway. Oh, great stuff. Very, very lovely. But that's cool. Uh, And if we air do an episode on a Star War, uh, Stephen will be very much invited. Oh, most definitely. So chooses to come and and talk about whatever it is. Uh, If if we do and he's not here, you can just assume that he's a terrible person. (laughs) Not that he is busy and has things going on. No, Just that no, he's awful. No, see, I'm issuing the challenge, so now he can't say no. <laughs> you gotta lock it down, my friend. Lock it down. So wait, though, if we did chronologically, would we start with episode one? Uh, yes, we would. We would start with episode one. Uh, I was talking oh about chronologically of all media, but yes, oh. for our doings, yes, I would do it chronologically episode one. Oh my goodness <laughs> we still have every version of blade runner to watch though yeah that's why we're avoiding star wars <laughs> that's we're, why we're doing it we've got four more cuts of blade runner and the sequel and then <laughs> the shorts yeah, no the point and is, then the show there's too much there's too much to get into so also it's been that's the problem with star wars is it's like what else do you say about it that hasn't been said by literally, literally everyone, every single person on the interwebs. It's right. 
It's right. just at this point, I don't know if any opinion I'd give you is even mine. <laughs> That's just... absolutely, yeah. Well, and also, like, I say quite often that I, as much as I love Star Wars and I, I am happy when every piece of media drops, I recognize that every time a new piece of media drops, the franchise as a whole becomes that much less accessible for new people to come in. You know what we could watch? Battle for Endor. That's a thing <laughs> we could do. <laughs> Your pregnant pause says it all. <laughs> the yeah, only like five months. The, anyway. The enthusiasm is clear. Uh, you know what else is clear? <laughs> the fact that this guy on the left mm. is not actually Asian. Mm, that's very clear. <laughs> a, a different time, folks. Hire Asians. I mean, also, I for feel Asian like roles, please. Just we, do it. We we were rambling, but we need to call out like Karen Allen is great in this movie as Marion Ravenwood. Like Marion Ravenwood, I really appreciate just the like her introduction as being an American who is not here by choice, and even though she owns and runs this bar, she does not have the money to get back to the United States. Because how much are you really charging for drinks here in this small Himalayan town? Hmm. It's quite the character. Yeah, like that's where she is at at square one. Anywhere you go from there is going to be interesting. <sighs> I love a movie where you can just light things on fire. Oh, Jesus. Oh, right. I always forget Indiana Jones kills a lot of people in yeah. this movie. Yeah, he is. He 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 murders quite a bunch of of human beings. I mean, the truth is all of our favorite heroes from when we were kids are just sociopaths. <laughs> and humanization. Like and subtle humor. No no way would I call Indiana Jones a comedy, but there are those moments where it's like, "Hey, liquor's pouring out of this barrel. I'm gonna take a swig." <laughs> because I might die in five seconds. Right. Why not? <laughs> Cheers to that. Whiskey. <laughs> Cheers. I hope we pick that up. He's so evil. That's what happens. The blocking on this is just so much fun. Like you, you know, Spielberg was just having a ball. Ugh, and just the fact that this plays into a plot point later, right? Like it's not just a gag. It's not just oh man, that's fucking hot. It's no, 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 no. Oh, sorry, I gave us an E. Um, it's, <laughs> it's that. <laughs> This will be an important actual uh, point in the story. Wait, are are we bleeping now? No, no. Oh, okay. No. God, but I, I, I hope not. <laughs> no, I just notice it whenever someone swears. <laughs> like, I feel like this podcast would just be like nothing but a, like a high-pitched whining sound. <laughs> See, the lady knows to pick it up with a cloth. Are, are are you implying that that's some form of feminine intuition? <laughs> no, I'm implying that the men are dumb, and that the the woman has common sense. 
So in the land of the blind. (laughs) In the land of everything, the woman is king. (laughs) Nepal to India. Now, I know that... Through Karachi. I know that this wasn't... Obviously, this was, was an homage to films that would do this with the map, but... I do, I'm not, what are the original films that did this kind of a thing with the map? I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Uh, though To Have and Have Not opens with a beautiful, beautiful shot of a map that, uh, like, as the credits roll over it, like, it's just like a great shot. And then when the credits end, they push in and you see just how intensely detailed that map was the entire time you were looking at it. Nice. Yeah. So it's another great movie you should watch. Don't get attached to that monkey. Yeah, she reminds me of a few bad dates. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We don't need to go there. We look at look. We're watch. Look what we're watching. It was a two-tier pun. Let's give me that. No, no, no. You get it. Give me that. Hey, hey, you refute my puns all the time. (laughs) We're look. Look at this. We're watching one of the greatest. I'm a punning linguist. Thank you very much. (laughs) And I'm a master debater. So let's appreciate that we are watching John Reese Davies saying anything. John Reese Davies, also in brown face. <laughs> Who would be well known later on as Treebeard. Well, I was going to say Aladdin's dad. In Aladdin and the King of Thieves, and not, Kazim, and not, I was gonna, I was gonna purposely mislead it into an obscure role, but I, yes, I, sure. I appreciate that was our, both of our first impulse. <laughs> but, but yes, uh, probably most famously as Gimli in in uh, Lord of the Rings. And again, I want to point out, like, Sala is an amazing character. This is a great performance, much like. Alfred Molina at the beginning, solid character, great performance, much like Alec Guinness in uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Great performance, great character. However, I also feel like you could have found some brown people to do the same thing. (laughs) Right. It was a different time. (laughs) Of course it was. I know that. And that's one of the things I think is really important that we not try to keep looking at things from the past with today's eyes because otherwise we're not going to be able to enjoy anything. Right. <laughs> that, that's such em. a weird read. You eat them. <laughs> Part-time. Um... <laughs> That one bugs me. That part one bugs time. me every time. Because it's so much cooler in the trailer. Yeah. Part time. Part time. <laughs> uh. Someone, uh, I think they talked about this in, in your fave, but someone had to teach that monkey to heil. <laughs> like, and that person is either really cool or going to hell. Right. Or both. One or the other. <laughs> or possibly both. But like, that's what I like to call the sampler. Anyway. 
but like, yeah. Could you imagine having to like approach an animal trainer and be like, hey, we need a monkey for this movie. <laughs> also, it's just like, crazy idea from the director. Can you teach it to Heil? <laughs> it's like, first like, hey, I taught my parrot swear words. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Amateur. Amateur. <laughs> Here's what a real trainer can do. Uh, in high school, uh, when we went to Florida for our senior trip, I got to be in the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular. Ooh. I was one of the background Arabian people in this hey. sequence. How about that? He's a punchin'. He's a punchin'. He's trying to, I don't know. I don't know why I feel like singing over this. Oh, she's just <laughs> daintily smacking him with the <laughs> with the tin pan. Oh my gosh. Look. The, see see what you did? With that sword, you just weren't careful. I All just right. I, I love as ever. Like we eventually hit the point where yeah, now we're just watching. No, we're the just movie. watching the movie. Well, you know what? You know what? I have the DVD box here, but, so I'm going to read. Okay. I'm going to read what it says on the. I'm back. I'm going to keep watching while you you do that. Okay. Okay. The knife's been pulled. All right. Okay. Join the legendary hero, Indiana Jones, parentheses, Harrison Ford, in one of the greatest screen adventures of all time, now on DVD. What are you, what are you doing? Indiana Jones and the Raiders. I'm filling, I'm filling time. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark has been meticulously restored and remastered frame by frame and features all enveloping 5.1 digital surround sound. Wow, we accompanied by his feisty independent ex flame marion ravenwood karen out so like <laughs> that's Feisty? what like, this is how <laughs> but this is how, like indiana jones is made made out to be the ultimate guy yeah <laughs> the ultimate like you want to be you want to be this dude he he goes around we've already said he goes around grabbing important artifacts from around the globe I would, I'm gonna. I would talk, but this is my favorite scene. Oh yeah, no, we're good. This is the best. The the the, the look of dysentery on his face alone. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's it's such a good gag. Now, is it true? Is it true that it was because he wasn't feeling well that day that they came up with that, or like the 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 one I heard was that like it was just an ad lib that like they didn't shoot the ad lib but you know they adapted it and it was literally just like they had this whole long sword fight planned and this is as Spielberg told it like they had this whole like you know real choreographed sword fight planned but everyone in the cast and crew got dysentery except for Spielberg because he was eating all of his food out of cans oh my god and so like yeah that's what I was saying like the look of dysentery on his face. And it's like they were getting ready to shoot the scene and, it, you know, Harrison Ford just pulled the gun and shot and the swordsman dropped to the ground and Spielberg is like, that's awesome. <laughs> like, that's my understanding of how that went. <laughs> it's so good, though. It's like one of the best gags in the entire movie. Now, there's a, a really egregious geography shift here. Yes. 
And also, I've never seen where they're supposed supposedly to have switched the baskets. <laughs> Wait, what was the geography switch? Wait for it. Uh, wait. What? Wait. There you go. What that? That's some. That's some cliff coming out of nowhere in Jurassic Park bullshit. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Because as I always say, Spielberg's movies may not always be logically or geographically correct, but they are emotionally correct. Yes. On at just an incredibly deep level. Like, that's why we love these movies. Like, we don't come here for, like, the harsh logic of life. We come here for romantic tales of the world beyond. Well said. Thank you. I, same, Harrison. I feel the same. Uh, but I was saying... You know, I actually have the action... Like, I have a ton of action figures from this franchise. Yes. Uh... Both Marion, you mean these battle droids right here. Well, different franchise. Um, <laughs> no, but both Marion or one of the Marion figures, and also the uh, the gentleman you just saw with the eye patch, mm. each come with a Nazi monkey. <laughs> Standard. It's just I an would, accessory. I would hope. Just accessorize with a Nazi monkey. I would just hope, you know. Uh. Now, was this scene the one you were thinking of for the audio trailer that you did? <laughs> or was this was this inspirational in any way, this whole sequence of the movie? Because it's in a... I mean, there there is a scene in my book that's kind of like this, but no, for, but, for what I had planned, no. But for your trailer? No, no I mean for the trailer, no. Okay. No, the tra the trailer is actually, it's meant to be like, if you've ever seen the promotional films that uh, Hitchcock would do for his movies, mm -hmm. where he would do them like travelogues, like he did one for North by Northwest that was about visiting Mount Rushmore. Oh. Yeah. So like I took a scene from my book and kind of rewrote it as me taking you on a travelogue segment mm. to Barcelona. Okay, yeah. I was I was just wondering, and you'll hear that trailer again at the end of this podcast. <laughs> yes, yes, you will. I love how this is just a shot of two people in conversation, but there is so much being said by how it's framed. Mm -hmm. The fact that you know Harrison is you know Indy's out of focus. He's totally in shadow, and he is just a burning ball of rage right now and he's holding it in mm, so good this other man is clean he's in focus he's got a white suit and hat and he's pissing you off with how smug he is i don't think i've ever noticed the background music in this scene before this is really good yeah that's always fun when you're wearing headphones listening to a film for the first time you'll notice a lot of subtleties you don't usually on regular speakers. It's a radio speaking to God. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I love this scene. I love that it's played for a joke that sending his children into a bar full of armed men was the solution here. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't child endangerment in any way. No. This is a nice hat. Is it a trilby that he has on? Um, I think it, I think it's just a, a variation on a fedora. Because like a trilby, the brim is much more narrow. Hmm. Like not Indy's hat, the other. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Indy's hat is actually an Australian fedora, which is funny because like most fedoras that you see you around, mean this hat, this fedora right here, or that fedora. <laughs> well, that's not actually an Australian model. The Australian model has a higher crown. Then tell that to the Indiana. I was Jones. just gonna. I was just gonna say a lot of the ones that they sell branded as Indiana Jones fedoras are standard American fedoras as opposed to an Australian, which has a higher crown. You know, I I get it. I see all the branding. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, did I hurt your feelings? <laughs> I'm sorry. No. What is that? But the one you have up there is that. Oh, that one I brought back from Peru, uh, which, mm. funny story. You have it on a whip, so it feels very... Yeah, well, that whole... That's, <laughs> that's my cabinet of mystery. <laughs> um, but yeah, so hanging on the front of the cabinet of mystery is a hat that... So while I was in Peru, I was walking around, I was trying to find a... You know, they're known for their hats in Peru. I was trying to find an Indiana Jones-style fedora, Everywhere I went, could not find one, could not find one, could not find one. And then I saw this old woman selling candles outside of a church. And I walked up to her and I said, I'd like your hat. Uh, I said, I'd like your hat. I'd like to give you money for it. And she looked at me like I was nuts. And I held out 20 bucks. And she like looked at me again, took the $20 out of my hand, handed me her hat, packed up her candles and went home for the day because apparently that was more than she was going to make in like two months. Oh my god. So I'm very happy to have done that for her and also I got a hat. You got a hat. <laughs> that was her hat. Yeah. That hat was worn by an old woman selling candles outside of a church in the sacred valley of Peru during the festival of the virgin. Everything, everything. Sure you wouldn't just, couldn't just gone to Walmart. I'm sure I, I couldn't into have. A... I'm sure I couldn't. Have. <laughs> See, that's that's the, I do miss that aspect of the marketplace where it wasn't the problem with consumers. <laughs> the problem with capitalism. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. Where it's like everything becomes a chain. Everything is like there's standard products everywhere, and it's like mm -hmm. there's a fun quality to going to a place you've never been and finding a thing that was probably handmade by somebody it has more of a story to it more of a history yeah like you know that hat was made with hands someone's hands made that hat <laughs> i feel like at this point i should probably take a picture of it and post it <laughs> man johnny's davis is like fast on the punch here with the date like he, he had to look see the monkey process exactly what would have killed the monkey all in the like second that it took for Indy to like throw the date up in the air. I'm sorry. It's just 
No, I, I'm thinking, I think if you wind it back, and please do not quote me on this because I might be wrong, but mm. I think if you wind it back for like half a second before Indy throws the date in the air, you see John Reese davies notice, uh, like notice the monkey. Okay. I mean, it's still fast regardless, but I I always like when, it's like in... Uh, um, the Dark Knight, when you can see Harvey Dent getting into Boss Maroney's car. Hmm. You have I no have, idea what it's been about. a while. <laughs> it's been a minute since I've watched Dark Knight. Okay, so basically, uh, there's a point where Maroney's in his car, uh-huh. where he gets in his car, they're driving away, and like Two Face is in the driver's seat. Oh, okay. And like the question is like well how did that happen and there's actually as you see Maroni getting in the car if you look in the reflection of one of the mirrors Ooh. you can see as Dent knocks out uh one of Maroni's guys really? and gets in the car Ooh that's fun Yeah like it's in the mirror and it's there to justify cuz otherwise you're like well how the hell did he get there Oh Chris Nolan you always making sure that it's it's always all technically correct. Those tricky, tricky Nolans. Well, those, those Nolans are like you, master filmmakers or something. You know, I watched, here, I watched Tenant uh, for the second time. How is it? I haven't seen it yet. It is, it is an experience the first time. Okay. And then the second time, you're like, oh, oh. Oh yeah, <laughs> and so I I'm kind of looking forward to watching it a third time now. Okay, just because like every Nolan movie I've seen, I understand more with every subsequent subsequent watch. Mm. Like I'm still figuring stuff out about Inception. I have some fond memories of Inception. It's a great movie. I feel like people are kind of mean to it now. Yeah, well, people are mean to a lot of things. I, it's I feel like the Oh, geez, was they, they didn't have to stumble <laughs> at the end there. I, which I've always wondered if that was John Reese davies doing a bit or was that Sala doing a bit? <laughs> was it planned for the character to try and fall down and distract? I don't know, whatever. We'll never know. I mean, we might know. John Reese davies isn't dead. Someone, someone tweeted John Reese. Someone Davies. at John Reese Davies. In that one scene, <laughs> when you uh, you're running down the hill with the Nazis. <laughs> no, please don't. Please don't waste the man's time. Do it. Let it be a mystery. Do it. L- let it be stored away and forgotten in the warehouse of his memories. But also, do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Do you, franchise. You got something in your throat there, bud? <laughs> um, Palpatitis. It's very... I hope you're proud of yourself. <laughs> I am. Yes, I am. I've never been able to read what it says on there. Like, they clearly wrote something on that building. This is how he finds his black book. That's a, that's a, that's a dumb family guy reference. All right, moving on. 
Wowee, look at the lighting in this scene. <sighs> Lens flares. This is the scene that inspired J.J. Abrams' career. <laughs> Thank you. That's it. I don't have any... I'm, I'm done. I don't have any other jokes. No, that was... That... <laughs> I feel like we could just stop now. <laughs> but there's a whole movie, a whole half movie left. It is a... It is a ride. Yeah, I, I've been on it. It's at Disney. It's a great ride. I uh, I haven't been to Disneyland in years. Years. <laughs> Neither have I because of a pandemic. Years now. Well, I was supposed to go for my birthday, but that's not happening. My um, I used to have an annual pass to go to Disneyland. In fact, I had one for about four or five years. Um, eventually, just the cost kept going up. And it got to a point where I just wasn't going very much anymore. But, you know, uh, enough. now they've taken it away, haven't they? You don't, I don't think they have the annual pass program anymore um, at all. So I don't know what the current status of that is. But the nice thing when you do have a pass is that you can very leisurely enjoy whatever aspect of the park you want. You can hop back and forth between it and California Adventure. But yeah, usually are, the one are ride. Are you talking to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, to the oh. audience as well. <laughs> and no, I'm not. Look, we're, look, we're talking to one another. But there is also supposedly a group of people listening to us. Yeah, like so 36 of them. In occasion, if someone listening has <laughs> doesn't know the ins and outs of the annual pass for Disneyland, I just feel like explaining it. I don't need to justify myself. <laughs> I was trying to be helpful. I I like I like that when when you're laughing while talking, <laughs> you sound like the Godels from Star Wars. <laughs> Get out! Oh, sorry. This cough. No, the the, the Godels. No, the, I know. Yeah, okay. I was just trying to call back to an earlier moment. Look. Yeah, all of four minutes ago. <laughs> <sighs> Fine. I sound like the Godels. Uh. This is great. I needed this. You needed a man <laughs> gagging a woman? No. The podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, first off, uh, it was first too off, easy. Don't it, kink shame. It was too easy. Don't kink shame. <laughs> also, that'll be super confusing if you're not watching the movie along with us, I will say. You know what, Dax? You made a choice. <laughs> People think and just bring it out of context. Look, the point being that when I went to Disneyland with my annual pass, <laughs> one of the few rides, because you don't always go on a bunch of rides, but the few rides you usually would go on, in my case and with friends I'd go with, were Haunted Mansion or Indiana Jones, if the line wasn't crazy. <laughs> so I always... Very fervently loved. I don't know why I chose fervently there. I I, I very much <laughs> loved going on the Indiana Jones ride. <sighs> Look at this. Look at this desert. Makes me warm just looking at it. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a desert. You don't feel... You can't feel the heat emanating from that screen right now. From this 480p image of the desert. <laughs> Aha! It was burned into his hand. 
and now you know. 480p. It's like being there with an eye infection. <laughs> How did we ever live? <laughs> uh, let me tell you kids about LaserDisc. It was a big disc, and it was read with a laser. <laughs> And it's what is sometimes it? look like, better than DVD. Seriously though, what isn't red with lasers now? <laughs> books, that sounds like a dumb books, question. Books are red with eyes. Yes, books are red with <laughs> eyes. Speaking Everything of, else seems to be red with lasers now. You could read Adam's book of distant land, distant lands of sand and the men who died there. You know, I wasn't fishing for that, but I'll take it. Yeah, you should read my book. Stay tuned for the Kickstarter trailer at the end of this. Oh, Wait, look at this shot. You know what? I gotta say, like I, I mentioned before, beginning of the year, my New Year's resolution was I wanted to become a better podcaster, and I would say we've largely succeeded. We're doing it. We are, we are in the process of doing it. Whether or not I'm better at it, that's, that's debatable. <laughs> that's debatable. No, you are. Uh, I No, no, no. I feel like it just kind of comes naturally. Because, gosh, I started this like a few years ago now. Like with this and with doing the Bluth podcast and, and you know, like random times showing up on the Percast where it was kind of like, I don't think I'd ever really attempted doing that kind of thing. But over time, you just kind of learn how to talk. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, that sounds silly to say, but like you learn how to talk in this context, right? Right, um, and how to feel less, I guess, self conscious about how you sound. Although I will say that on on my end, something that does help is frequently I am also listening back to myself while editing a podcast, and that also makes me super <laughs> self conscious and like analytical about how I've sounded in an episode. So. Yeah, I, I honestly, I listen to us, generally I'll, I'll listen to our podcast uh, when you draw, like when you, you know, upload it. Yay. Because, um, yeah, you got to vote for yourself. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it, it is very weird to hear myself and it's like, oh, yeah, I sound like I know what I'm talking about it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's nice. That's nice. And you'll be no, you'll you know you'll take note of certain cadences, and you'll try and speak a slightly different way sometimes in the future. Um, often I'll find a, moments where I tend to do a certain thing, and I'll try to consciously make myself not do that the next time I'm recording. Anyway, this is as no longer, for me. This is yes, no, notes. no notes. <laughs> no notes. No uh, notes. But enough about us <laughs> and recording. Snakes. Uh, what a callback. What a, what a snaky callback. I didn't know there was swearing in this movie. Oh, asps. He has said in interviews that that is the line that he is most asked to say. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Ah, oh, that almost worked. I want a tent like that. That'd be so good for LARP. <laughs> that tent very aesthetically matches all of your surrounding decor. I mean... <laughs> the palette, the style, 
There's a reason for that. <laughs> I am glad that we got around to doing this movie um, in context. For the first For the time. first time. For the first time. <laughs> finally. Um, but, but because it is such, um, it seems such an essential film for you. Very much so. Your personality, your style, your your appreciation of art. I don't know if I have a movie that I would like for myself say because for you it's in, it's Indiana Jones and King Kong. For Steven, it's Jurassic Park. <laughs> I can't. I don't know if I have a film that I would. Yellow Submarine. No, I love Yellow Submarine, but it's not. It's. You know what, Shrek? There we go. So in both cases, it's it's quirky animation. <laughs> no, <laughs> with popular music. It's not. It's not Shrek. Um, I might say Aladdin. So it's quirky animation with popular music. Yes, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think you're onto something there. Uh, only because um, the genie was why I ever wanted to try doing animation or drawing in the first place. Well, you never did have a friend like him. Never will again. R.I.P. Robin. If you pour one out, I swear I'll hit you. I I already drank it. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I'll think on that one. I'll think if I have. I guess the fact I have to think about it shows I don't, though. I love Princess Bride. That's one of my all-time go-tos. Honestly, I would say, like, this movie's big for me mostly because I grew up watching the old movie serials. And so it's like, I enjoy this because I enjoy everything it was based on. Uh, You know, also, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, armchair adventure nonfiction. Mm. You know, stories like uh, Colonel Percy Fawcett or George Washington Williams, like those turn of the century explorers, I think are just awesome and fascinating. But yeah, I, I would say Jurassic Park is also a big one for me. Like there was definitely a summer where I spent every day of that summer watching Jurassic Park on an old VHS. Hmm. Oh, don't light these snakes on fire. They just want to love you. Oh, well. Ooh, you know what we should definitely do? Burn a bunch of snakes. You know what else we should definitely do? (laughs) Gunga Din. Mmm. That is another great adventure film that has a lot of problematic shit. Riding me high. You know, tomorrow's the day my brides are going to come. Does this reference track? Does anyone get what I'm? Does anyone get the Bob Dylan song that I'm referencing? If Never you do, mind. tweet us at tweet, uh, tweet at us <laughs> tweet at Cinepraisal. <laughs> I'm not going to explain it, uh, but Gunga Din. Yeah, I've never seen Gunga Din. Well, one of the main things you need to know is that the actor who plays Gunga Din. Sam Jaffe is not Indian. 
That seems then, to be a running theme. And then you go from there. <laughs> seems to be a running theme with a lot of these movies. Yeah. But it's also Cary Grant, Victor McLaughlin, and uh, uh, I think... God, I can't remember the third one. He's the junior of a famous swashbuckler. Hmm. Um, but yeah, like all of them in an adventure film about trying to find lost treasure in India. But not an Indian. I mean, it is an India. <laughs> but but not played by an Indian. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. And after that, we'll be watching Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm down. I'm definitely down. Like, these are all films that are 100% within my wheelhouse, and also I'm aware of what they are. I prefer I prefer we take the Arrested Development approach where we Douglas say... Douglas Fairbanks Jr. Sorry. Ah, oh, there we go. That was going to bug son the of shit the, at me. That's a swashbuckling family name, for right? sure. Uh, I, I, I prefer we take the... Arrested Development approach with Dex Times, where we say we're going to do a, a movie, but you never know if we actually are or not. I assume that's what we were doing. <laughs> like, like next next week, Milo and Otis. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that is worse than literally anything else I've said. Fine, baby's day out. <laughs> I guess that's better. <laughs> Is Baby's Day Out better than Milo and Otis? Uh, tweet at us uh, at Cinephrasal. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's gosh darn Nazis. I'm laughing because I'm thinking of a bit where I was trying to explain Jiminy Glick to someone. It was me last week. Was it you? No, 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 no. I was trying to explain Jiminy Glick to my aunt a few weeks ago because uh, my dad and I were doing impressions. Uh, real, real quick. Yes, go ahead. This gag. <laughs> the coat hanger. Uh, Spielberg talks about it in the commentary. Apparently that was a gag that he had used in his movie 1941. Oh, really? I don't know. I've never seen it. But uh, apparently it just didn't go over in 1941. So he was like, no, no, no. This is a good joke, damn it. And so he put <laughs> it in this movie, and it works. I think it works because of the music. The music, like, amps up at just the right moment mm -hmm. for it to feel like, ominous and then just kind of relaxes. No, but I was going to say that um, I was... Because my dad and I were doing random impressions of Jim. Ah, oh, there's the Ark of the Covenant. Woo woo, woo woo. <laughs> Talk about Jiminy Glick while the Ark of the Covenant is being shown. <laughs> and whoop whoop like juggalos. <laughs> <laughs> but but I showed uh, a couple scenes on YouTube to my aunt Monica to just do a give her an idea of what the character was. And one of the clips was Jiminy Glick interviewing Mel Brooks. And he just goes, so, so what's your beef with the Nazis? <laughs> 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 and Mel just like immediately loses it. My beef? <laughs> yeah, you're always ragging on the Nazis. <laughs> and, then, and then he responded with, well, I think they're rude. 
which is even funnier. Right. <laughs> I I honestly I didn't know until I had uh, I heard Max Brooks talking about it. Uh huh. Apparently, Mel Brooks, like after World War II, he was there during the Reconstruction period, mm. and like he, he talked about how like you know how you get how you get people to stop fighting, you give them jobs. Because there were, like, people, you know, who were out in the woods and refused to, like, come back and live under, you know, the defeated Germany. And they're like, hey, but, you know, Fritz, we got a job for you. You want a job? And that was what Mel Brooks did. Are you listening, America? (laughs) Ah, this this episode has been... (laughs) ah, This this is great. (laughs) I will say... Not that we did attempt recording this episode before, but if we did, this version of the episode is better than what we would have recorded. And and ironically, way further off task. <laughs> uh, all these real people, too. All these extras. Actual human beings. Duck down in the depths. <laughs> Phase two, Captain America doesn't like that kind of talk. Uh, oh no, they're going to throw her in too. In that nice dress. And it's... <laughs> That's actually kind of nice. Like, I just, I was going to, like, question why do they have the stiletto fall, but to make you think for a moment it's her falling. One of these shots, I can't remember if it's this one or when Indy landed earlier, Mm -hmm. but you used to be able to see the reflection of the cobra in the pane of glass between them. Ooh. Like, it's real faint, real subtle, and I believe they removed it for this one. And they replaced the guns with walkie-talkies. <laughs> See, it's sad, because I'm at a point now where I wonder if some a lot of the references I try and make are just not even going to be even remotely you know <laughs> understood what? by a younger I've, audience. I've, I've learned to just make the references for yourself <laughs> and the people who understand you will come. I hope so. Ah. This is the dream, isn't it? Stuck in a... Stuck in a pit with snakes. Holding torches with the woman you love. (laughs) Or at least, you know, emotionally scarred when she was 13. (laughs) Which brings me back to my point from the back of this DVD when I was (laughs) reading earlier. (laughs) Because they mention... (laughs) Accompanied by his feisty independent ex-flame, Marion Ravenwood. Uh, That... Look, Indy can do it all. He can travel around the globe. He can he can find the coolest treasures. He can run away successfully from a giant boulder. And he can battle a pit of snakes with a, with torches 
and he'll survive. And he can even get back his ex. That, <laughs> while killing Nazis and while <laughs> saving the earth from Hitler gaining a holy artifact. What more do you want <laughs> from an adventuring, from an adventuring uh, swashbuckling man? End. No, it doesn't. I was hoping <laughs> you would interrupt me at some point. Maybe I need to like give a signal like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was wondering where that was going. But I appreciate you not stepping on it. It's just there's, trying to be courteous. There's something to be said for no ending at the appropriate time. <laughs> Man. And again, I want to be clear. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. For like all the shit I'm talking on it is shit said knowingly because I I love this movie. I love this movie. I'm also intrinsically aware of all of its problems. <laughs> and that's okay. I love, I love that she's still holding on to the shoe. Well, she might need it later. But she just threw it. Well, she doesn't need it now. <laughs> that doesn't look like any way that anyone would ever store a body. Yeah, that does. Well, it also just doesn't like a thing you'd want to hang on to. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. Again. Knock it off. It doesn't make logical sense. It makes emotional sense. That really doesn't make. <laughs> Fine, whatever. Snake crawling it out like of a lich. skull. Oh, it does look like a lich. Voiced by Ron Perlman. <laughs> Where are my Adventure Time fans at? All right. And then just, you can just get out. Yeah. Just right there. Yeah. For all that work they did, all that illicit digging in the night. That, it Was this side of the, I'm sorry, was this side of the temple visible? I don't think so. Oh, so oh no, looks, no, there's, there's scaffolding. So they just never People tried. People looked into that. They just never tried to get in that way? I guess. Look, doesn't make logical sense. <laughs> it makes emotional sense. He is he is one scruffy-looking nerf herder at this point. My dad has that record player. Ooh. It's a Victor travel model. It's good for picnics and whatnot. Um, yes. So the Nazis actually didn't have a flying wing like this, but we did. Oh. Uh, and it was an experimental aircraft. But this whole scene is predicated on the idea that they're going to use the flying wing to fly the Ark out of here. <clears throat> I don't see where you would load it. Where do you load cargo on this thing? <laughs> I'm, I'm, not much, I'm not enough of an aviation expert to answer this question for you. Also... They needed to find a muscly, a muscle man Nazi. They found, like, the perfect muscle man Nazi for this scene. And then he actually shows up in uh, the next two movies as well. Does he? Yeah. As different characters? Yeah. He's the, uh, he's the like, temple guard in, uh, in Temple of Doom, the one who gets his sash caught in the rock crusher. Oh. Yeah, he was painted very brown for that movie. And what is he in 
uh, Last Crusade. In Last Crusade, he's in one shot, and it's uh, when like the Nazis are trying to stop the Hindenburg from taking off, and you see like the main Nazi, who I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now, running up alongside the blimp with a tall, bald man with a mustache, and that's him. Oh. He does nothing else in that movie. He is in one shot. So he's like the Bruce Campbell of this movie. Right. Series. And in fact, uh, the like second-in-command uh, Russian soldier uh, in Kingdom is supposed to be an, like an homage to these types of fights that Indy would have. Hmm. Like it's a tribute to this character and uh, this actor. I like to like you. Un, you could you could sit here and go, why is he trying to fist fight him instead of kill him with a gun? But you look at this guy, and you completely understand why he's trying to fist fight him instead of killing him with a gun. Also, I don't think he has his gun. I think he I think he lost it. He could have. He could have though. I just I feel like the whole point is that. For him, it's a matter of pride. He can beat this man himself with his fists. <laughs> and he he almost succeeds. Da, There's da, the gun. Da, 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 <laughs> uh, this also da, da, da. was not choreographed in advance. Apparently, uh, like, Harrison Ford, Spielberg, and this actor just kind of did it shot by shot. Old school. Nice. Very nice. Uh, it's just like it's a it's like the movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You, know, you watch a movie and you're like, ah, it's like this the idea of all of this, the way it comes together to tell a compelling story. It's like every film wishes it was it had this energy and coherence to it. <laughs> Absolutely. And and especially when when you know the Raiders march kicks up, like it's just it's such a perfect package of a film. I mean even like I know that there are people who are much more willing to watch this than they are Star Wars cuz like quote unquote I don't like science fiction, which one, it's not science fiction. It's basically high fantasy in space. But in space. in space, I'll put an echo on it. <laughs> ah, how's that for a night of long knives? Anybody? <laughs> We're here all night. So long as you don't hit pause. I'm funny, damn it. <laughs> Blowing it up. Blow it all up. Blow up that airplane because it looks fucking cool. Will you stop shouting blow it up before my neighbors think you're a terrorist? <laughs> Kill them all. How could it be taken out of context? <laughs> okay. You got one take. <laughs> One take to get that right. Uh, and it's not over, folks. Nope. The movie's not done. And you know what? You're still excited for what's going to happen. I'll tell you what's going to happen. The best damn scene in this movie is going to happen. <laughs>
Just like, and because, of course, that hat gives him such an iconic silhouette. Just that shot there. You, you just don't, you only need him is in shadow, and you can completely read him, even in that one shot. Which is, you know, the first time you see him in Kingdom, it's the same deal. They use his shadow first. It's that hat. That isn't this hat, apparently. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I only came here, arrived in this officially licensed Indiana Jones hat, which I have been trying to wear on top of my headphones, which is not an easy task, I will have you know. <laughs> it's fine. That dress is seen better days. <laughs> it was so pretty before. <laughs> Thank you, Goo Goo Dolls. All right. Better Days it was a song by Google Doll. Look, okay, we're moving on. He's on a horse. He's galloping out of here. When I was a kid, I thought, like, because Gene Autry had his horse and Roy Rogers had his horse, Zorro had his horse, I thought Indiana Jones had a horse. Nope. Just stole a dude's horse. <laughs> well, you know, that dude probably stole the horse from nature. I mean, it was in a Nazi camp, so... It's most likely stolen by Nazis. <laughs> it was either bred in captivity or it was stolen uh, from so, the environment somewhere. So this chase sequence actually was not directed by Spielberg. It was directed by Joe Johnston. Oh. Yeah, Joe Johnston, who brought us The Rocketeer, October Skies, and Captain America, The First Avenger. We'll watch one of those someday. October Skies? Yes. Not the Rocketeer or Captain America. <laughs> Those will forever leave. I don't know, on, man. On a you, you might be in list. the mood to watch, you know, who is it? Uh, Elijah Wood, Tobey Maguire, somebody. Jake Gyllenhaal. It's Jake Gyllenhaal playing with model rockets. That's what October Skies is. I think. <laughs> Where did the horse go at this point? It just kind of realized that it wasn't being kicked anymore and decided to walk away. I want to know what happened to this horse. Its story. Get on it, comic books. <laughs> what happened to that one horse? It'd be like the C-3PO one shot they did recently. Uh, there, there was our Wilhelm scream. Gotta love it. What? How many Wilhelms are there in this? I, just the one? I think just the one. Okay. Before it became an obnoxious joke that everyone thought was necessary in every action movie. Mm-hmm. Which was the first one, though? Like, listeners. <laughs> someone us, else Google this. Someone else look up the history of the Wilhelm scream and when it was first popularized <laughs> in other films as a recurrent cinema joke. Look, we're just your film nerd friends. We can't be Googling everything. We can't be knowing things. We know some things. <laughs> we don't know all the things. But the things we know, we know them. That's the greatest pitch anyone could ever make. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know all the things, but what we do know, we know. Um, look at Well, this. I mean, you always, you don't know what you don't know, right? Uh, there are known knowns, there are known unknowns, and there are Spell of the Unknowns, the third Pokemon movie. All right, now moving on, we have Indiana Jones <laughs> chasing more Nazis. What is going on at this point? Who's chasing who? They're chasing him. Well, Indy has the truck, which has the Ark at the back, and it also has some more Nazis in the back. <laughs> so that's There's a thing that's going to have to be dealt with at some point. So many Nazis. 
Too many Nazis. <laughs> Too many Nazis. Too many Nazis will spoil the broth. <laughs> well, that's a few <laughs> less we, a few less Nazis we gotta worry about. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Generally, I'm somebody who is of the mind that like every life is sacred. Every del- every life deserves to be you know respected. But fuck Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what's your beef with the Nazis? <laughs> they're rude. <laughs> they're rude. <laughs> I think they're rude. That's the thing. I used to say that like there are only three only three things that you can like kill in a video game in mass zombies. and not feel bad about, and it's zombies, aliens, and Nazis. Nazis. Aliens is just hey, we don't like foreigners. <laughs> That's all it is. That's all it really is. Is embodying. That's why I have a problem with that one because it's like, <laughs> oh, that every science fiction video game is basically a version of our foreign policy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, listen, listen. There are other ways. You don't have to kill the aliens, unless it's Mars attacks or some Twilight Zone episode. You don't have to kill them. They just want to be friends. They so, just want to talk to you using math. Of my Indiana Jones action figure and vehicle collection that I have, yes. I have one version of this truck, but uh-huh. there is another one that I cannot find for the life of me, and when I do find it, it's too goddamn expensive. And it actually has a cloth cover for the back of the truck. Oh my goodness. Hey, it matters to me. No. <laughs> it should matter. That's that that's that good Mercedes construction. <laughs> now was that product placement? No, it was just the reality of Nazi Germany. Right. <laughs> you know you know what else was popular in Nazi Germany? Volkswagens. They were the car of the Volk, the ancestral German people. <laughs> I have never put that together <laughs> until this very instant in time. <laughs> This is like one of those moments where I looked at the Target logo. And you and, saw the Target for the I first time? And I finally saw the Target for the first time. Or and the went, arrow in FedEx. Oh! <laughs> uh, this sequence, by the way, was first done by Gene Autry. Okay. And when he did it, uh, it was with a stagecoach. So he's like going down between horses and then going under the uh, stagecoach. Nice. Yeah. What I'm saying is more dangerous. <laughs> Though that was real, and if you, you know, watch this again, you'll notice there is actually, they had dug a trench, uh-huh. and the stuntman was legitimately holding onto the bottom of the truck, Oof. being dragged, but he's in a trench, so it's like as long as the truck stayed going straight, he was perfectly safe. <sighs> still. Still, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stuntmen, you gotta you gotta, gotta hand it him. to them. <laughs> gotta do something for them, especially since they probably break every bone they have. Mm-hmm. Which, speaking of breaking bones while making action movies, I'm very excited that Brendan Fraser's having a renaissance. Yeah, I would put the. Uh, have we ever brought up the Mummy? I don't before? think so. I would put the Mummy. Not not at this level, but I would put it near it. 
I think The Mummy is a very important film for somewhat different reasons. I think The Mummy is a great film. Um, I think that it is the best of the movies that came after and were influenced by this. Yes. It doesn't achieve this, but it also is kind of its own thing. And it is a little more on the comedic side and the sort of campy side, which is fine. But... Definitely. I I think if you love Indiana Jones and you've never seen Brendan Fraser and The Mummy, even though the effects are more dated than what's in this movie, uh, it is very much worth your time checking out. And I think it holds up. Yeah. And I, not to keep bringing everything back to my book, but my book, <laughs> no. Um, well, think about like, what other movies can you think of in this specific vein, this adventure vein? Because uh, you've got this, you've got The Mummy, you've got... Then I start thinking about things like Romancing the Stone and, you know, as recent as, like, The Rundown. Like, what other pure post-this, post-Indiana Jones adventure movies can you think of? And there are probably others that I'm not thinking of right now, but, you know. Matilda. Shut up. <laughs> Unless Mara Wilson wants to come on the podcast, then we can talk. <laughs> I love her. She's great. Follow her on Twitter. She's a delight. Aw. This is... I love this moment here. By the way, that was the only time that we heard that Sala's wife has a name. (laughs) (laughs) Which going back to uh, your favorite problematic, that's one of the things they talked about is like, you know, they kept saying that Sala's wife didn't have a name. And I'm like, no, 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 she has a name, but it's said once and she is not in the scene. (laughs) (laughs) Man, what what have what vehicle have we not been on in this movie? Because we've been in high moving cars, in planes, no trains, no trains, I suppose. But now we're on a ship, planes, ships, and automobiles. They're on a boat. They're on a boat. <laughs> that sound effects a little weird for what it is. It sounds like a gunshot, doesn't it? Uh, but also that whole that whole gag is just odd for this movie. <laughs> like I enjoy it. I love it for what it is, but it's just like it's a really weird choice for this movie. This is the sappiest scene. I yeah. feel like it could have been played. Well, you know what? It is what it is. It's part of its charm. Yeah, leave this scene alone. But add some walkie-talkies. He's just like, leave, leave me alone. Go away. <laughs> that works every time. <laughs> That's what I say to the ladies. Go away. Every chance I get. Kiss my elbow. And, oh, whoops. <laughs> I bumped the mic. And here. And right here. Has this ever worked for you? 
Tell us, listeners, at Cinebrace on Twitter. Our operators are waiting. <laughs> oh, they they love the love, which it's there. Also, it's 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 not amazing, but it is still so much better than Blade Runners. Well, shit. <laughs> that, talk about a low bar. <laughs> No, I'm just thinking about how, like, it was a throwaway line of dialogue when she came in wearing that nightgown. And she said, I get the feeling I'm not the first woman to travel with these pirates. And it's just like, oof. Ooh. Oof. Is that, okay, I guess this is the first hint here that there's something otherworldly. Well, aside from the, like, god laser that came out in the, <laughs> the map room. <laughs> Okay, fine. This uh, see, this is why it works because there are little hints, I suppose. Maybe that's what needs to happen to make you believe in an army of angels killing everyone. Spoilers. Well, less of an army, more like a strike team. <laughs> a like seal, four of a them. seal team six of angels. Uh, apparently, that submarine <laughs> was uh, from the movie Das Boot. Movie or TV show, I don't remember. But apparently, like they were in the middle of shooting Das Boot, and uh, the producers were like, "Hey, we uh, we need to borrow your submarine." And this boat is from Battleship Potemkin. No, that's a lie. I just I have no interesting trivia to, to bring to the table during this movie. <laughs> I have watched a shit ton of it. <laughs> I like to think of myself as an unreliable narrator. That's 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 how you make a, a strong and sturdy podcast. <laughs> well, there are facts, and then there are unfacts. <laughs> the unfacts. Well, unfactually. <laughs> Mm. Man. And his suit is still clean. I It's not the same suit. Like this man clearly packs with multiple clean linen suits to hang out in the desert or on tramp steamers or on submarines, apparently. Hmm. Yeah, going back to uh, King Kong, when we were talking about how, like, Carl Denham spends the entire movie walking around wearing, like, three-piece suits. That's how you know he's a, a man of power. A man of class. A man of classy power. What are you doing with those calipers? That Mesh. Nazi looks a hell of a lot like Harrison Ford. Mm -hmm. And so for years, I was really confused because I thought that he had knocked somebody out uh, and taken his clothing. That he was just... And that's how he managed to get here. 
<laughs> and then that he just jumped out of the submarine when they made it to the base. Master of disguise. Yeah. Harrison I always Ford. thought that this guy wasn't Indy. I thought this was the guy who Indy stole the clothes from. And it's not like, yeah, it's victorious. It's just this guy like, wait, no, you're leaving without me. <laughs> but yes, now I know it was just a half thought out plan. Now we got a submarine. Submarine. According to the comic book adaptation of this, mm -hmm. uh, Indy survives this by lashing himself to the periscope with his whip. And they just never submerge? Uh, just not deep. Like, you know, basically they were always uh, just deep enough that their periscope still it's was still above the surface. Up. Yeah, I was wondering... Oh man, he gads. All right, so <sighs> he's a sweaty mess, a wetty sure, mess. I was gonna say, pretty sure that's just ocean. It's you know what? What is ocean? But the planet sweat. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not following you down this road. I refuse. Oh, what a stare. <sighs> Which I, I've always really enjoyed this twist on the, uh, you know, like what they what they do in A New Hope, where they knock out a couple guys and steal their clothes. Like, that's just going to work. Yeah, nobody has familiarity with their team or their squadron. <sighs> they're, these are just, they're all interchangeable. <laughs> this is what I'm saying, like... Even if you like pretended you were from a different department, just because you knock someone out doesn't mean you're going to fit their clothes. I like how the guy's giving him shit about the clothes and not about the nearby unconscious <laughs> Nazi. <laughs> he, he is masterful at kicking that hat upwards as well. <laughs> That's... Uh, one of my favorite things, I think it, I think they added it in Uncharted 3, mm. where you can beat the crap out of somebody and then, like, as a final move, kick them and their gun will fly up in the air and you can catch it. <laughs> God, I love Uncharted. Would you say that the Uncharted series is the best at capturing this in a video game? This I would, I would say so, yeah. Well, yeah, you heard it here first. All of them, they all have that supernatural turn in the third act with the, the hints leading up. It gives you this, like I say again and again, the single most impactful part of that entire franchise is the part in Uncharted 4 where Nate is lying to his wife about where he is. Like, you feel that in your heart. Hmm. Which is saying something about a video game that is just like high flying action. Like it's like you're playing the best damn action adventure movie you've ever seen, but as a video game franchise. And then to have it come around that like this little emotional moment, emotional core with his wife is the thing that I'm walking away most impacted by, mm. I think tells you how good the writing is. Also, 
also gotta love that the Nazis feel the need to have a procession with banners because fucking Nazis, I guess. Hey. Also, you can see that Ronald Lacey just kind of shaved the top of his head instead of actually being bald. Oh, <laughs> it did look kind of weird. So it doesn't look like a naturally balding man. Oh, the fly went in front of the camera there. Leave it in. Never noticed that. Yeah, I never did either, but it definitely was there. <laughs> I mean, that was a long shot. They probably didn't want to have to do it again. But also, why would that need to be removed? Yeah, there are flies in the world. <laughs> Especially as Belloc is about to find out. Johns! Harrison Ford always sounds funny when he yells. <laughs> you know what's funny to me is that, like... Oh, there's a fly in his face! Did you yeah, see that? <laughs> yeah, so he often says that the fly flew away and that he didn't swallow it. I've seen this movie on the big screen. That fly crawled all the way in that man's mouth. <laughs> it, it didn't look like it went in any direction. It just disappears into his lips. Exactly. As we all would like to, but... <laughs> but, no, I don't think that fly flew away. I don't think it's still alive. Not that it would be. At this point. <laughs> yeah, here we are, what, 30-something years later? <laughs> it's been a while. What is the story of that fly? Get on it, comic books. Let us know. Uh, the other figure, mm -hmm. like action figure, that I can't find because it was a very limited release is the 12-inch figure of Indy in the German uniform with the uh, bazooka. Hot. Which they've also released as a uh, Sideshow Collectibles figure. Mm. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the mass market one that was actually on Toy Star shelves. That's the one I want. <laughs> I have every other figure. I just need that truck and that 12-inch figure. That's it. You'll find it one day. He knows he can't. Knows he can't do it. Ah, what a great piece of characterization. He's too much, too much of a. He knows he can't, and he especially hates that Belloc knows he can't. Man, can't believe we're here already. There's actually I can. It's it's a, it's a long, <laughs> we're, but we're here at the end. Which like I I do love that Colonel Dietrich was talking earlier about like you know is this uh, really necessary because he's uncomfortable with the Jewish ritual. Hmm. Um, which like for one thing, this was made at a time where Spielberg himself says that he wasn't really in touch with his own you know Judaism, which is interesting to know watching this but uh i i agree with belloc that like you would want to do this first you would want to do this before you open the ark in front of hitler yeah you'd want to make sure it's just sand the sands of time perhaps Well, they're laughing now. 
but he's about to be a stop-motion mess in a moment. I would love to have a full-size like <laughs> replica of this this specific Ark of the Covenant. Because <laughs> I've seen several different varieties of it. I've seen one that may or may not have been the actual one at the George Washington uh, Masonic Center in Virginia. We'll never know. They t- Okay, it's behind a curtain, and they tell you no flash photography while the curtain is open. Or actually, no photography while the curtain's open. So, you know, that's a completely normal thing. Again, wish I could watch this without knowing (laughs) that this is about to happen. Yeah. This reminds me, because this is the same, uh, you know, style of visual effects they used in Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's very similar. Um... they talked about how with the latest trailer for Ghostbusters Afterlife, mm-hmm. you see kind of like the pink uh, spectral spe- like streams moving through the air. They actually uh, rotoed those from the original movie, like scanned them from the original movie to make sure that it looked the same. Whoa. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. That's, that's the level of appreciation that I really like. I dig that. If you're making a movie as like a continuation of a franchise, you pay your respects. But like actual respects, not, you know, bullshit what people who don't actually know anything about fans call fan service. I imagine people come to Cinepraisal for the opinions. (laughs) They come to keep their eyes shut. That's what they come to do. <laughs> and lots of cool optical effects. Okay, so this is something I've always wondered about. Spielberg talks about how the fireball was a creation after the fact because uh the ratings board like yeah, this fire being over Belloc's face, that was because the ratings board was going to make them rated R oh. for like specifically for yeah, when his head explodes. So they put the fire between the camera and him when his head explodes. But then that fire was also clearly the thing that the energy beams came out of. So what was that originally? (laughs) I don't know. What I think is the greatest detail is that at the end, well, you're as you're about to see. When it all spirals back down. I forget how long this lasts. Oh, my goodness. Beautiful fire effects. And gotta love that 80s cloud tank. Doom. And there are no bodies. That's the best part. <laughs> it's like a self-cleaning oven. <laughs> you know no. what I'd like to see? No. What would you like to see? The story of the rest of those angels' day. What'd you do today, Gabriel? Uh, uh, some dudes were fucking with the Ark of the Covenant, <laughs> so, you know, we had to, you know, melt them. Mm, mm. Another Tuesday, huh? What is, what is this? French <laughs> vanilla? Is that the, is that the powdered stuff? Oh. <laughs> hey, God! God! God's never there. I thought we... <sighs> this... <laughs> This is because Ruth is non-dairy, isn't it? (laughs) 
<laughs> Those biblical deep cuts. <laughs> And then we're just back to reality. Snap back to reality after all of that. It's safe. Who? It looks like modern day Martin Scorsese is just standing in the background. (laughs) Sort of does. It is jarring that it just like cuts back to all this. I mean, that's kind of how I feel every time I come back from a trip. <laughs> Except, you know, with less melted Nazis. Yeah. I'm not going to say none. <laughs> but less. Significantly less. Significantly less. Look at that handsome face. See? It's adorable. <laughs> look at how good they look walking away. God, I wish I could wear a hat like that. Like, my hair, I love my hair. I'm not going to cut it anytime soon. <laughs> but it will not let me wear a hat like that. Oh, man. So much in this is just... It, like, burned in a way not dissimilar from a a medallion into one's hand, but burned into our minds. All of this imagery. The shot here, just putting the crate away amongst all these other crates. And we won't come back here for a while. Does Not it, until is, uh, the 1950s. Does it, um, wait. They're in Roswell in Kingdom. I f- totally forget Kingdom. Are Area they, 51. Area 51. They're in Area 51. Which is uh, nowhere near Roswell. That's, I mean, it's a few hours apart, but yeah. I just, I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know alien conspiracies <laughs> very well. <laughs> I will tell you, uh, me and some of our mutual friends went camping out. uh, We went out to the Black Mailbox, Mm -hmm. which if anyone is familiar with the Black Mailbox, you know. Yeah. Basically, it's this spot that's like as close as you can legally get to Area 51. Mm. And it's where there used to be this Black Mailbox. And people would say, let's meet at the Black Mailbox so they could like UFO watch over Area 51. So we went there. Basically in response to how we felt about watching the new Independence Day. So we went there on (laughs) July 3rd. Um, And the mailbox is gone, but there are these handwritten notes from all over the world that are just laid out on the ground around it, held down by rocks, and the rocks have little sketches on them and stuff. It's really cool. And we set up our tents right there. Uh, I will say... Well, one, we did go down to Rachel, Nevada, which is the nearest town. I think it's like 50 miles from the Black Mailbox. Mm-hmm. Um, hung out there, got food, and ended up shooting off fireworks with the drunken owner, which was great. You know, that's how you spend a 4th of July. God bless her. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, we went to the Little Alien, did, did all that. Come back. Uh, in the middle of the night, one of our friends heard something walking around. And got up, looked around, can't see anything. Like, you can see everything for miles in all directions. Couldn't see anything that was walking around. The next morning, as we're packing our stuff, this brand new white pickup truck shows up just next to us. We didn't see it pull up. We didn't hear it pull up. And there were two men sitting inside wearing desert camouflage and sunglasses. 
and they sat there and watched us pack our shit. My favorite part about that, though, is the fact that we were listening to all these podcasts about, like, the history of Area 51 and the conspiracies of Area 51, and one of the things again and again and again that comes up is that if you get too close to Area 51, dudes in desert camouflage gear show up and tell you to leave. And it's the kind of thing where, like, they show up and tell you to leave once. <laughs> did and, did and they even tell you? They didn't say a word. They just sat there and watched us pack our shit. And I was like, we should, we should go. <laughs> <laughs> we should, like, leave. That's why, like, I, I was, I, back when everybody was talking about, you know, oh, we're going to store Mary 51. I was immediately posting. I was like, don't do that. Just don't. No. <laughs> it's a terrible idea. Uh, yeah, if they did, oh, Indiana so Jones 4 might happen. Frank Marshall yes. playing the pilot there. There. Frank Marshall was one of the two producers of this movie, uh, alongside his wife, uh, Miss Kathy Kennedy. Who? Kathy Kennedy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Doesn't... doesn't no? Ring, no. Doesn't ring anything? No. No? no. Okay. Anyway... <laughs> Anyway, anyway, uh, the actor that they had playing the pilot, I can't remember why he wasn't available, if he was sick or whatever the case may be. Um, but Frank Marshall was like, no, nah, I'll just play the pilot. I want to have a cameo in the movie, not realizing that he was going to have to be the pilot for all of the background shots of Indy fighting the uh, the mechanic. And so it's like he was basically in an entire flight suit, several layers in a cockpit in the scorching Tunisia sun for like three days. <laughs> oh my god. Ugh. But yeah. But what fun. And that was Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> you know, we lived, we laughed. We I think we might have learned something. I don't know. How you feel? I'm feeling like that was an adventure. Wasn't it just? It was <laughs> It had everything. You know. You know, I know. Hold on one second here. I took my headphones off for a moment. I was wondering what that was about. I was, uh, it's funny how like different your volume sounds to you as soon as you take off headphones. <laughs> this is quality <laughs> content right here. This is quality. No, I think it stands atop the films of our, I was going to say the films of our century. I don't, that's not correct. And it also doesn't mean anything. I think it stands atop the greatest cinema achievements of all time. Like the passing of the tide. Yeah. These are the movies of our lives. And, uh, and, uh, this, I'm just obsessed with this filter that they put on the DVD menu. The like colored pencil filter? No. You know how this movie makes me feel? <laughs> This man brought a kazoo for this. He packed so much gear to come to my home and do this and included a kazoo in this. That the is paper, the, that, the paper dislodged from I the saw kazoo. That. I no. saw that. But I want you to know that is the dedication to the craft that we here at Cinepraisal have to you, our loyal listeners. So thank you. Where'd it go? I don't. That wasn't part of the plan. Anyway. Can, can, can we close the podcast before you find your kazoo paper? 
<laughs> thank you for listening to us. Yes, thank you so much. And again, this is uh, part of our series on uh, adventure movies as the lead up to my Kickstarter campaign that I talked about ad nauseum. Um, I don't know. Promoting myself makes me uncomfortable. So do it. Here's what we're going to do. Do it. Uh, after this, we are going to cut to the trailer for uh, my audiobook slash Kickstarter campaign for said audiobook. And we will include the links down below, all the pertinent information that you need. And if you feel like kicking something towards it, I would appreciate it as a personal favor. Uh, we, we've got prizes. We got stuff that Dax designs, stuff that, you know, I... Oh yeah. I kind of said like uh, you forgot. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot we got about stuff that. that Dax designed that he forgot about. Stuff that I was like, <laughs> I have these ideas, and he's like, yes, but let me make them not suck. And I said, thank you, Dax. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. And again, if you're not wearing headphones, I recommend you put them on because uh, we're doing cool things with uh, holophonic sound, and I think you'll enjoy it. But in the meantime. In the meantime, who are we and well, what is our thing? I I am the one who is known as Adam. <laughs> and I and I'm Dex. And, and uh, you know, this is this is the Cinepraisal. This is Cinepraisal. This is Cinepraisal. <laughs> Where can and what, people and find what us? are we what are we oh, wh- okay. Where can people find us? That's the thing. That's Where the can thing. people find us? We are people on are still listening. People are still listening. Of course they are. We are on Spotify. We are on uh, Stitcher, I think. We're on iTunes. We are wherever fine podcasts are found. <laughs> you can find us at Cinepraisal on social medias, <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find me, Dax Schaefer, at Dax Schaefer on Twitter and Instagram on the rare day that I actually post anything. Uh, uh, you can find me uh, at Dungeons and Daleks. That's Dungeons, the letter N, Daleks, like Doctor Who, um, on the socials. Don't find me on Facebook. And um, and what's your website where people yeah, can find the book? Yeah, hit up ofdistantlands.com. That's where you can find my films and my book and just, you know, general bio actually there's a picture of me in the about section oh yeah that is me sitting on the extraterrestrial highway directly in front of where the black mailbox was so it all comes together for no other reason (laughs) go look at that picture because it's sick anyway uh yeah so that's that's it thanks for listening and thank you and remember to keep keep watching watching movies. movies Got it. I like that we point every time. <laughs> like, what are we pointing at? What are we pointing We're pointing to? at the concept of movies? <laughs> Here's the trailer. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. Hey, everybody. It's Adam from Cinepraisal, the film nerd friends for people who don't have film nerd friends. Uh, I'm actually here to talk to you about my book. I wrote an adventure novel. It's called Distant Lands of Sand and the Men Who Died There. It's very much in that uncharted Indiana Jones Tomb Raider vein, but with detailed travelogue portions based on my own travels. Uh, it's got adventure, intrigue, mystery, romance, and some just absolutely amazing food. And we're actually launching a Kickstarter because we're adapting it into not just an audiobook, but it's going to be its own audio adventure. We're talking a full cast of professional actors, original score, but what's really special. Actually, I'm going to just give you a taste. 
If you're already wearing headphones, great. If not, I recommend them because this is pretty cool. Okay, ready? This is called holophonic or binaural audio. Notice how you can hear as I move around you? I can move in close, whisper in your ear, or I can move across the room and shout, hey! But what does this have to do with my book? Follow me. Welcome to Barcelona. Ooh, hey, oh, watch out. You gotta be more careful. Follow me. We're right outside La Boqueria. It's a gorgeous indoor market, but there's a restaurant I wanna take you to. Here we go, right over here. Grab a seat. Bom dia, very good. Que te agradaria hoy? Hola, dos cervezas por favor. D'accord, terrible. Gracias. This is what I wanted to show you. You see, my book, it's a little bit Indiana Jones, but it's a little bit Anthony Bourdain. Duas cervezas. Gracias. De res. Yeah, there you go. Salud. Ah, crap. Don't look. Remember when I said it was a little bit Indiana Jones? Well, let's just head out the back. Don't worry. Just act natural. There they are. Shit. Run! Free! Come on, this way. Ho, ho, ho! That is a long way down. Give it up. There's nowhere to go. Control! You got it! Ah, the hell with it. You ready, Sundance? Aim for the onyx. Oh, oh So what'd you think? Wild, right? That's what we're gonna do for the entire audiobook. We're not only gonna have a narrator, we're gonna have an entire cast playing every character. Sound design that's gonna put you in the middle of it. This is more than just a book. It's more than just a movie you listen to. This is an adventure that you get to be inside of. If you're intrigued, check out my website, ofdescentlands.com. There you can pick up a copy of the book and keep up with news as we approach the launch. Thank you very much. And keep watching movies.